listening to Impact Izzo, the student voice of Michigan State University basketball, bringing you news, updates, and more. That's right. We're back. Impact Izzone is back and better than ever. Now, okay, let's get it out of the way. We don't have a Davy Siegel, but I'm Ryan Cole, and look, to begin our sixth season of the Impact His Own podcast, you, you can't just replace a Davy Siegel, but we're going to do our best with not one, but two new co-hosts here on the Impact His Own podcast. I am very excited to introduce to you our loyal listeners to my Impact His Own cohorts. We've got Julian Mitchell and Amanda Poole. How are we doing? Doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Glad to be on the podcast. I don't know if I can fill Davy's shoes with my 5'3", size 9 <laughs> feet, but, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. I know it. I know it. Amanda, great to have you as well. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to hang out with you guys and talk sports because a huge basketball girl over here. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm so excited. Absolutely. And, and both of you have done a lot of work for the women's basketball beat over the last couple of years and done tremendous work. So um not not gonna say it's a graduation of <laughs> sorts to go from women's up to men's. That's not that's not how it works to me. But like I just think the impact is on to me is is the coolest part <laughs> of my college experience. And so I wanna welcome you guys to the greatest show on earth, let's be honest. Oh, let's okay. just unbiased take. Yeah. Oh, right. Unbiased, totally. It's completely unbiased. I see that. I feel that. All right, you guys are out. Next two, come in, come in. All right. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. So, Impact is own. I, I was, you know, very happy to join uh, three years ago. And I actually want to bring you guys in with a little bit of uh, motivation. You know, I know you guys are nervous to join the Impact is own. You're stepping into the Impact is own. It's, it's like a place, you know, it's a location. Right. And you are in it right now in the thick of it. You know, the ism, the impact is on. I want to take you guys back three years ago to my first appearance on the Impact Is On podcast. Now, this, it feels like, actually, it feels like three years ago. Like, let's, let's be honest. It's, a, it's been a long three years, okay? But it feels like a long time ago. And uh, here's, here's a little of what I sounded like. Well, thanks, Blake. I'm Ryan Cole. I'm a. Uh, Sophomore from Livonia, Michigan, and uh, I'm very excited to join you. Wow. That's crazy. I just had to hit that that wow on a low note just to remind you all. <laughs> so we're saying you don't sound like that now, right? Yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> you, okay, I didn't bring you in here Ooh. to my show so you could make fun of me the whole time. Wow, I need an air horn sound effect. I want to bring Davey back from the dead. Come on, come on back, Davey Siegel. No, he's he's doing well for all of our listeners who uh, followed along with the show uh, over the last few years. Just, but let's get into it, guys. I mean, Michigan State basketball coming off a season in which they won a Big Ten title. This this year's team on the men's side is going to go for defending a Big Ten title. Now, we don't think about that because w- what do we all think of when we think of last year? The loss to Syracuse, right? And and I think that this year's team 
that is going to follow them basically until March. And when it comes to March, it's going to be how do they outperform what last year's team did in a disappointing fashion, I think. So um, to me, that's the story of this team. Uh, and and to break down kind of the offseason in review, uh, going back to the NBA draft, Jaron Jackson. Uh, I know I know we've, we just – going through some of these names, it just makes you think back to like, wow, like these guys, there were two lottery picks, right? And they didn't get to the second – weekend of the NCAA tournament trust me we talked all about it here on the podcast it was it was rough but but Jaron Jackson was picked fourth overall he's with the Memphis Grizzlies there starting out their season now Miles Bridges was picked 12th Charlotte Hornets is where he is at uh he's making a buzz over there for the Hornets anyone oh my god Tough crowd. It is a tough crowd. Oh, my goodness. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Tough I, crowd. Poor jokes. You guys thought you were going to be nervous. I'm nervous that I can't get through this. Man. But uh, both those guys doing great things already, seeing a lot of highlights in the preseason, and they're going to make big impacts. Uh, impact. Had to get that out there. For their respective cities. Um, two great representatives of Michigan State, and uh, and I think they're going to do well. Now, we're going to talk later on in the show about how Michigan State replaces those talents. Uh, but also, I uh, have to get this out there, too. There was uh, the NCAA ruling in August um, that basically Michigan State did not uh, commit any violations of any sorts uh, with regards to football and basketball uh, surrounding kind of the ESPN reports that came out in January uh, regarding uh, handlings of sexual misconduct and things like that. Um, Tom Izzo had a press release where he kind of laid out saying, hey, this vindicates exactly what I've believed all along, that we've done it the right way here. So um, just have to mention that that is a news item, because if something else happened with that ruling, we would be talking about it, too, with whether or not uh, any sanctions were placed or anything. So that happened for uh, football and men's basketball. Recruiting wise, they got one commitment. Michigan State has one commitment for the 2019 class. It's Rocket Watts. Talk about a uh, a name. Rocket Watts. It's a great name. I mean, a, a just a great athlete name, I would say. Rocket, you know? Yeah, and that's then, set up for an announcer to just go crazy with that. Oh, yeah. just like <laughs> Rocket Watts. Right. Rocket's the rim. After, just like that. After a breakaway dunk, right? I oh, mean, just goodness. he just, you know. Rocket just, Watts takes off. He just takes off. Look at that. Soaring through the air. Launching. Yeah. <laughs> launching, yes. Launching. We have liftoff. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, man. We're we're getting through all the broadcasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Get it out of our right, system. Right now, before, I mean, he hasn't even started senior year of high school uh, season, so um, just get here already, Rocket Watts. He is a guard. He's six foot one and a half, uh, 174. Uh, he's listed as the number 32 player in the country. Uh, by 24-7 Sports. He's out of Geneva, Ohio, and uh, committed in September. That's the one commit that Michigan State has for this upcoming class. Kind of interesting. We'll follow, just as we follow the team on the court, we're going to follow along with the recruiting, follow along with the future Spartans uh, as the season goes on. Lastly, really, I just I have to point out, I don't know about you guys, I thought the offseason was pretty quiet in regards to Michigan State basketball. I mean, Moneyball was the big deal last year. 
because Miles Bridges dunking in a random gym in suburban Lansing brought out like thousands and thousands of people every night. This year, there wasn't that much of a buzz because Miles Bridges wasn't there. So that was really the only thing I otherwise can take from the offseason is I thought it was kind of quiet. What do you guys think? Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to go off of, but I think that's what is going to end up benefiting this program Mm -hmm. after a year of not just looking at starting out the year with Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson and then the eyes on them potentially winning a national championship, but then everything that went on with Nassar and things like that. And I was on this program for so long, and I have just a season where it's, it's nothing but quietness and working hard. I think that's what this team needed, especially with the way this team is set up. This is a team that's got to get back to Izzo basics if they're going to try and make a stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And I also think Michigan State as a whole just need needed a time for themselves right. and the school in general just not to have the spotlight on them for, you know, a couple months maybe it was a good thing for them to recoup and stuff like that. So, I mean, definitely for the team itself, for them to sit down and figure out what they need to do this season. Gets them the right mentality kind of going into oh, the yeah. season, I think, where it's like you can focus on the the things that you can deal with yourself, which is your play on the court, defending a Big Ten title, uh, like we said, getting further than the second round, uh, obviously the upsetting loss to Syracuse. Still a bad taste in, in a lot of these guys' mouths as they're uh, returning from last year. So quiet off season, I think, other than that NCAA ruling in late August that came out. Um, I mean, don't, no trips to Italy or anything. Or you know, They did the Europe trip a few years ago, which means I think they're going to be eligible uh, to go on another European trip in a couple years, next summer or the summer after. So that's something to kind of look out for. These fall events, though, that have been going on, we've actually, we're kind of in the thick of the the preseason. You know, we've, we've typically started the podcast a little earlier where we get here before Midnight Madness, before Big Ten Media Days, uh, the Izzo camp out. But those three have all actually happened. Um, Tom Izzo uh, brought four players out to Big Ten Media Days in Chicago, and they uh, had a lot of quotes and everything. We didn't send anybody from Impact, but you can find a lot of content from the typical uh, you know, Big Ten Network or your favorite newspaper of choice, things like that, um, on Big Ten Media Days. But Midnight Madness, I, I know I went and covered it for Impact. Um, I, did, did you go, Julian? I was not in attendance. You were not in attendance, Amanda. Me either, but well, I do. I have seen a lot of videos of the dance moves. The basketball players yeah. can definitely dance. They can dance. Uh, <laughs> the one that surprised me the most, uh, as far as song choice, definitely was Nick Ward coming out to um, "If I Could Fall oh Into my God. the Sky." That's a banger. It's, it's, it's it a banger. A, it's it a is. bop. But you don't expect it from Nick Ward. <laughs> I could see it. I feel like Nick Ward, that was definitely like he, he watched White Chicks before <laughs> Midnight Madness. He was like, yo, this song is yeah. fire. And he decided he was going to come out to it. I just, I didn't see that coming. Big but six then, foot eight Nick Ward dancing to that. I mean, that really proves you're a good dancer. If you can dance to that song, I That's mean, true. come on. <laughs> you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see you tonight, Nick Ward. I mean, Vanessa Carlton, really. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. but Nick Ward coming out to Vanessa Carlton was my shock of the day. Um, Tom Izzo's entrances have just 
kind of fizzled ever since the the kiss one four years ago that was my freshman year I'm dating myself here of course but uh <laughs> he he has been a little underwhelming this one was interesting they really hammered home the magic aspect and that's because it's the 40th anniversary of that championship team led by magic johnson in 1978 to 1979 this is the 40th anniversary, so they're going to wear that script state alternate uniform again this year. Uh, that's the news that kind of came out of that. Love those unis, by the way. Love, love, love those jerseys. Love the script state uniforms. Very important on the Impact Zone podcast. Very important. Very important. I'm yeah. suited right now. It's, it's just, <laughs> let's go. Let's play. Let's go. I have these sleeves. 1v1 me. Let's go right let's now. Let's go. Right now. I, I do think that. We're going to hear it a lot this year. This this magic thing, the comparison to it, there's going to be a lot of that. Um, I thought it was a little too much, actually, at Midnight Madness. They had a magician. The magician did not really know how to play to the crowd. Oh, no. it, was, it was kind of, you're surrounded by 14,000 people who just want to see the players, and you're you're out here... He was taking his, his dandy old time. So mm. I was not a big fan uh, of that a lot of the crowd left before the scrimmages. So it just kind of, it was kind of a fizzle of a day. It was a long night, um, but still got to see some of the players come out. And I think we're, we're going to get into expectations and everything. What I found from that briefly is Xavier Tillman is going to shoot a lot of field goals this year. He's, he's gonna, he, he has a little bit of a jump shot. He took the most shots in that day. And uh, I think, I think he's going to carry them offensively a little bit. So, We'll see how that goes. We'll talk about starting lineups and everything as the season gets closer. But I want to hear about the Izone campout because Amanda was there. Uh, I was still on the road from Pennsylvania after a uh, crazy win at Penn State for the uh, football team of the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, so I was not there. So I'm very interested to hear kind of how that went. Former Izone section leader here. We know that. Um, Love talking about what the Izone's doing to support the team. So, Amanda, you were there. I was there. I was there. It was it was a ton of fun, honestly, like it is every year. Was it cold like every year, though? In the beginning, no. Everybody was like, oh, jean jackets are fine. And then <laughs> it got really dark and really cold really oh, yeah. fast. Oh, and yeah. then people were just like, yep, yeah, we're just going to go to the apartment for a little bit, then mm-hmm. come back. But, you know, you got to stay Which there. Which is cheating. It is we do cheating. Not, we do not condone that here on the no, Impact Zone No, there were podcast. cheaters. Tons of cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I haven't come back since my freshman year. Ooh. I went my freshman Ooh. year for like a good 10 minutes. And I was Couldn't like, yo, it. it's cold. And I just left. <laughs> And I have not bought his own tickets. Layers, Julian. What? Layers. It's it, worth it. It's it worth was the also, cold. It terrible. Also, I'm not from Michigan, so I was ill prepared for yeah. everything. Oh. And then it just it hit me, and your boy was like, "I'm gone." Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, definitely relatable for a lot of people that were there. It definitely yeah. got smaller as the night went on. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But um, it was it was so interesting. And you you see how Tom Izzo, how he loves it. He loves the Izzo. He loves everybody that comes there that supports him. They take pictures with everybody. And it's, it's no so big cool. deal. There's yeah. no big deal. No one gets mad at you. No mm-hmm. one like it's it's just big. It's like a media day for students. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. But um, he did a lot of cool things. There was um, a hypnotist there. Uh, they do pictures. There was actually like a surprise appearance of um, Coach D'Antonio, who had to be like escorted like by the police to even get there yeah. from um, the Penn State game. They they flew home and got into Capital City Regional Airport. 
and then they must a bust or police escort somehow they, they get escort. to Munfield for the his own camp out. And I see this tweet as I'm in a car <laughs> as we're driving through the night to get back from middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And I see that D'Antonio is at the Izone camp out and I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, how could I not get on that plane? Yeah. Come on. We yeah. got in at 5 a.m. Must be nice to be Coach D. But that's that's so cool that they got to show up after a big win like that. Oh, yeah, especially um, Joe Bocci was there. Fulton Davis spoke. Um, Kari Willis was there. Um, there it, it was just such like a cool vibe because it just kind of shows not only is like Michigan State basketball a thing, but the football, the sports, and like just this whole Spartan vibe of everybody loving Spartan Nation, which yeah. is so cool. And you could still like feel it. And Izzo and Dan Antonio was like, they were just so amazing and so thrilled to be there and like for us to be happy about it. And then also Izzo started FaceTiming a bunch of ex uh, Michigan State players like Draymond Green, Denzel Valentine, Tum Tum, Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges, Gary Harris. And the crowd went wild. And, and Tom's there just just with the phone, like with his big grin and saying, this is Denzel, this is Denzel. <laughs> it was so funny. And then after a while, everybody's like, okay, like we want to see the real players now. Like, right. let's, let's see the real let's players. Go. But um, yeah, the hypnotist was really cool. Connor George, MSU basketball player, did get hypnotized and thought Drake was at the Izone camp out. <laughs> um, I don't know if to this day wow. he still thinks that, but he <laughs> right. really thinks that. So... It was it was definitely a fun night for everybody. I'm I think everybody was glad to leave at seven a.m. Um, to get out of there, but it was a good time, great experience. You can say that you've done it now, unlike right. you, Julian. Oh, Ooh. I don't feel too bad. <laughs> throwing. Uh, I made it to one game. And I was in the zone, so you know I feel okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. One game. One That's game. Right. You get your one experience, and you just <laughs> moving well, on to the next. Well, now that you're in the uh, impact zone, you know, with the most unbiased uh, media members here, exactly. right here in exactly. this in the show. Well, let's get into kind of some of the storylines with this team. I want to start out, they voted for team captains. And the two captains for this year, Matt McQuaid, the senior guard. Uh, crazy to think of him as a senior, by the way. Josh Langford, a junior guard. Those are your two captains for Michigan State basketball. Two very hard workers. I want to get that out there from the start. Um, the first day of practice, we got to go uh, with the media. I was there, and Tom Izzo and all the players really were complimentary of those guys' hard work ethic. And and you could see it all throughout the years, I mean, for sure. I mean, they, they're leading the workouts, uh, the, the drills, things like that. They've got that down. But I think before we move away from the captain talk, I think it's glaring that Cassius Winston was not named a captain. And I'm not trying to make a big controversy, a big deal, a big whoop about it, like the Connor Cook thing a few years ago. Why was Connor Cook not voted a captain? His teammates must hate him. I don't like that's not that's not this deal. Michigan State men's basketball has had tremendous team chemistry for years and years, and it starts from the top with Tom Izzo. But doesn't that surprise you guys too? Cassius Winston is not voted a captain for this team. Yeah, that's big for me. That was the most surprising piece about this is that Cassius wasn't there. I mean, he's supposed to be one of the best point guards in the country, and usually you would prefer your captain to be the guy who's going to lead your team, and that's what he's tasked with for this season. And for him not to be the captain, 
kind of leaves you with a lot of question marks as to whether he is a more vocal leader on the floor and why was he not elected captain. Yeah, I it just I kind of feel like Cassius Winston is the program for the next two years, and that's why I would have put him as a captain. And I also feel like the captain, or at least one of them, is someone who's going to be on the court so much and right. all the time. And Cassius is on the court all the time, so you always have somebody that's going to be there. And Langford and McQuaid last year, I mean, yes, they were on the court a lot, but not as much as Winston. Mm-hmm. And Winston will still lead. You know, He's going to be the starting point guard for this team. He's going to lead just by default, just like a quarterback on a football team. You know, you don't have to be voted a captain to be a leader. That's right. just that's just flat out, you know. But I do think it was strange, and I don't know if that's if it's a slight, if it's a you know the players maybe want Winston to lead a little more, and so they say, hey, you know, you got to show us. But I don't know. That's just that's my captain talk. That's my little. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a worthwhile point to make. I think you know it's well, it's interesting. It's out there. It, it was is. unexpected. Yeah, we we expect him to have a great year, kind of be the face of the program. Like I said, for the next two years, so we'll kind of see what happens there. As far as expectations for the season after that loss to Syracuse, you know, after losing two lottery picks, it hurts. But I'm telling you guys, I think this team has a great shot to go further in the tournament. I mean, okay, yeah, making the Sweet 16 is typically something that Tom Izzo can do with a halfway decent basketball team. And that would be, yes, further than last year's team made. (laughs) And actually further than the last three years. They have not made it to the second round of the tournament since the Final Four run in 2015. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy? I mean, that's that's before Amanda was a student here. That's crazy. That's before Julian was a student here. Yes, I was actually you guys, there. You guys were both. Four. That's ooh. I was looking at pictures today. I was like, wow, that's ridiculous that that was. But you so weren't a student long ago. I was not a student. No. no. Wow, that's crazy. Because especially I, with the cards we've been like that the you know the Spartans have been dealt all yeah. these players and we can't make it. It's it's a very strange. It's been a strange few years. Um. The Middle Tennessee loss, obviously. And then uh, 2017, they have a talented-as-heck freshman class, but you know they run into a buzzsaw in Josh Jackson and Frank Mason in Kansas. And then last year, obviously, the Syracuse loss, which we broke down at length. But, like I said, this team, I think, has a good shot to go further in the tournament and just be a better team than last year's team. And I think that kind of starts with the fact that they don't have a go-to star like like a Miles Bridges, really. Um, but I think they have a ton of talented pieces that have been working together and will play uh, in in their best roles, I think. That's, that's, I think, the biggest key to success for this season. Well, I can totally agree with that. I also think that this diverse group of players and the fact that they all have different abilities, different skills, they're going to lean on each other for things, and that'll mm-hmm. just make them such more of a tight-knit group, Um, those wild-card teams that you don't really know what to expect, you can't prepare for them, you can't scout them and be like, okay, Miles Bridges, he's good, we need to watch him. It's going to be like, okay, well, who do we watch because they're all they all these skills and we don't know who they're going to give the ball to every single time. Right. Um, That makes them a really, really good team to win championships. And it's like a classic Tom Izzo team, too, because he has taken these kind of teams that kind of get left for the dead and – 
just whip them into Final Four shape come March. Now, and, and I, I will very briefly say this. We'll, we'll get into Big Ten previews in the next couple episodes. This team is the favorite to win the Big Ten still. I think I should have led the show with that. I think fans of this program are freaking out about where they are and not looking at the rest of the Big Ten. This team is still the favorite to win the Big Ten. To me, it's Michigan State and Michigan, and then there's a little bit of a drop-off. I think it comes down to those two games that they play late in the season against Michigan. They have them on the road, and then two weeks later, they end the season at home at the Breslin Center against Michigan on a weekend game. It might come down to that final game in front of the Izzo there. So, to me, yeah, the, the sky is falling. We lost to Syracuse. Ah, The Big Ten is still running through East Lansing this year. You heard it here first. And I agree with you. I think a part of that is because the Big Ten is just, the Big Ten is, is not as strong of a, com- a conference as it was. I mean, there are a lot of teams, I think, what the Big Ten lacks is a top, upper echelon team. It's a lot of middle-of-the-road teams. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where this Michigan State team kind of falls into. Is It's a team without a go-to scorer, without a true identity as of yet, and playing against teams like Wisconsin with an Ethan Happ and a Brad Davidson, who are two fantastic players, mm-hmm. But Ethan Happ struggles with double teams. He's going to have issues all season long. Iowa has a bunch of great players, but it's not like they're going to go out and beat a Duke. These are all programs that are at kind of a crossroads mm-hmm. right now for their programs. And this is kind of where the Big Ten is at as a whole. And I think, you know, just talking about this whole team in general, as you said, this is an Izzo team. I don't think he ever knew how to play Bridges and Jackson, and that's evident in them playing out of position yep. and not really playing up to what they were supposed to do, which for me is – if you're going to win games, you got to play them at the positions that they yeah. can play. But this is a team he can win with. A speedy, crafty guard, some wings uh, who are going to work hard and be able to step up, and a forward who likes to play in the post. This is his team. And, you know, what wins in the NCAA? Crafty guards. Guards and defense. And that is what Izzo specializes at. That's right. Cassius Winston, Josh Langford, Matt McQuaid, those three guards will be right there. Um, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think making a March run here... Um, first of all, uh, want to get to the, the three big juniors now who are, we've, we've heard about the big four freshmen. And then last year was the big four sophomores leading the team. Well, now they lose miles bridges. So we're down to three, but they're juniors. They're expecting to take another step forward. Cassius Winston, Josh Langford, Nick Ward, that heralded class from a couple years ago. Now they're upperclassmen, and now you're starting to, I I think they're starting to get in the groove of things like you know what you're getting into. You've done it twice with your preseason preparation, you know, going through, uh, just getting ready for a season, knowing your expectations, things like that. They're now leaders, whether you like it or not, on this team, uh, and it's, it's again, I mean, it's just the way that the last couple seasons have gone, and it's the way it's going to go now. Michigan State will go as far as Cassius Winston, Josh Langford, and Nick Ward lead them. And that's, to me, and, and it starts with Cassius Winston, I feel like, at the point guard position. I think he has the stuff to be a top player in the Big Ten. Uh, I won't say the best player because I think Carson Edwards, and, and I can't even say best point guard because Carson Edwards at Purdue is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he he might be a shoe-in for Big Ten Player of the Year this year. I, and... I think there's a lot of really good point guards in the Big Ten this year, actually. So we're going to see Cassius Winston match up with some 
doozies of guys. Xavier Simpson at Michigan really impresses me. Uh, like you said, Brad Davidson over at, at Wisconsin is, I mean, he drops 30 against Michigan State just like it's nothing. Um, Spartan fans, I'm sure, are already comparing him to like Aaron Kraft and some of those guys who, yeah. But I, I digress. Cassius Winston, <laughs> it starts with him. And he has the stuff to take him there. Now, can he bring up Josh Langford to improve more, Nick Ward to improve? He's trying to get into a more NBA-ready body. I mean, what do those what are those juniors I think uh, mean to the entire program? I think that a lot of the I mean, Tom Izzo is probably leaning on them a lot too, and the fact that getting the team as a whole together because they are going to be looking for them because or toward them because they are the guys with the most experience of going through this process and and feeling failure and feeling loss and feeling winning too and I think that they're going to do whatever it takes to not have those feelings of loss and failure again so when it comes down to are they going to be able to take another step forward I think so because I think they're fueled by this anger and this kind of yeah this is this is a big shot for us because we're upperclassmen now we have to take control like this is our job and I think they're going to take that on and and really push um, their team and themselves uh, to do well. Yeah, I agree. And as you talked about, Cassius Winston has to step up. This is a team now without Bridges, without a Jackson. It's not a team of players who can create their own shot off the dribble. So Winston's going to have to get people open looks. His offense going to have to run on all cylinders because with, like, look at a Matt McQuaid. Matt McQuaid isn't taking anyone off the dribble and pull, pulling up from the mid-range. He's a spot-up shooter, and Winston's got to set him up. He's got to be able to drive to the rack off the dribble drive gets a whole lot of focus in on him and then kick it out for Matt McQuay. He's got to create those open looks, and that starts with him. And then I look at Langford. Langford Langford is a guy who has been inconsistent and has not played up to the expectations that everyone has set upon him once he came to this program. And this is a season where without Bridges, without Jackson, you need someone who can score the basketball. And he has to figure it out. He's got to find consistency. He's got to be able to take it off the dribble, pull up from mid-range, hit the threes consistently as he's done, so far this season, or so far last season, excuse me. But that's kind of what both of them have to do. And Nick Ward, like you said, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. He's got to be on the floor, and he's got to be a leader. Xavier Tillman's going to be a guy who's going to compete for his spot out there, and he can't get frustrated with Tillman and how he plays. If Tillman's got a jump shot, Tillman's going to start playing at some point. Ward's got to be a leader and be able to coach him, be able to teach him, and be a focus for this team. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about starting lineups next show. I want to really kind of... Look at that and everything, uh, because real briefly, I think Tom Izzo, he absolutely cannot leave Nick Ward or Xavier Tillman out of the starting lineup. No. I think both of them have to be in that starting lineup. And But why wouldn't, who would you put instead of them, you know what I mean? Right, well, exactly. But but it, the thing is, you know, those are both big uglies down low, you know, and and <laughs> One of them has to be the stretch four, more of a guy like a Jaron Jackson was last year. And I think that's going to be Tillman? Question Whoa, mark? Yeah, we better wait till next week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just from the little bits I've seen, you know, over the summer and in and, and the first practice, I got to sit through really most of the practice and kind of get a gauge of where these guys are. You know, they're... There are a lot of different ways they could go with this. And we know, let's face it, there are right and wrong answers. 
for for Tom Izzo and what he can do with the starting lineup. So he's got he's to earn his paycheck this year to get a starting lineup because rotations last year, we all remember Ben Carter playing 23 minutes against Syracuse and leaving Jaron Jackson on the bench and not knowing where to put Miles Bridges because we thought Miles was going to be better at the three. But in, a, in the end, he probably was just better off as a four. Uh, at the power forward position, because he he couldn't like he he could create a shot a little bit, but all right, I'm getting ranty. Wow, wow. <laughs> he said just to add this a little thing, show. and then this is the going. show. Let's go. <laughs> Starting lineup. Go. We're back. We're back. But as we're as we're talking about guys that the program will be leaning on, as it is with every Tom Izzo team, I think they're going to go as far as their seniors take them. And this year, there's only two. Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins. Those are your two seniors. Ginormous junior class, by the way. We all have talked about Cassius, Josh Langford, Nick Ward. But don't forget, Kyle Arns, who will be a senior next year because he redshirted one year. Connor George is a part of that junior class. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting one because Braden Burke is another guy who transferred in and is going to play a little bit, a uh, big guy down low. That senior class this year is small, but still a lot is going to be asked of Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins. And, yeah, the question is, I mean, are they going to fill that spot of leadership being seniors? Because that's, that's what happens. Seniors are leaders. They have the most experience. They've been around the team the longest, blah, blah, blah. But can their you know, efforts on the court and off the court during practices and stuff like that, will that, will that show and reflect that they are going to be leaders? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, McQuaid, he really has to – I mean, he's been doing really, really well when he plays, when he gets on the court. Team player, completely – Kenny Goins, I he's got to get out there and be the leader that people think that he can be, being a senior and the experience. But the question of whether they actually, you know, live up to that expectation is is still out there, and we we won't know. Yeah, and going along with leadership, play on the floor has got to step up. I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest. I There are a lot of miscues and a lot of issues I saw last year from both of these players, mm-hmm. and they were hidden because Bridges and Jackson – they take your eye away from everything else. But you look at a Matt McQuaid, he shoots only 39% from three-point. Your whole job is to be a sharp shooter. 30% is not good enough when that's what you specialize in. You're supposed to be knocked down. 39% isn't good enough. This year, he's got to step up. Because if you are going to start a, have a starting lineup of Tillman and Ward, floor spacing is key for both of those players. Mm-hmm. And you're not knocking down threes. Everything gets cluttered. And where do you, where's your offense at? It's going to be step up for him. And Goins has to step up as well. Big year for McQuaid. Big year for McQuaid. And and Kenny Goins, I think, might push uh, either Ward or Tillman at one of those kind of forward positions. I don't know that he can he can really be up there kind of in more of a backcourt position like we're expecting with Winston, Langford, McQuaid, kind of expecting those to be three guards and then the two forwards down low. But Kenny Goins, it's, it's very important for him to – Kind of leave an impression, and his the to me the impression is going to be what what's his role on this team? I think he's the sixth man. I think he is a guy who you're going to expect some defense from. He's got he's one of those guys who's like I think he's six six listed as his height, maybe even six seven, but his wingspan is much larger than what it should be. So 
He's had some big like rebound games, some big blocks in his career. Can he do that on a more consistent basis in a little bit of a sixth man role, maybe especially late in the game? Mm-hmm. And his jump shot isn't bad either. And that's going to be he's been working on that. A big yeah. key is that you look at a Tillman as we talked about. If those mid range jump shots develop, those are going to be huge for this team because now you're not worrying about constantly having them post up. They can take someone outside from about maybe 15 or so feet and hit a little mid range jump shot. Mm-hmm. He had a big one against Purdue last year. I remember that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you also have to think about when, you think, when you're thinking of leadership on the court, the shoes that they're filling, the leaders that were here last year, Tum Tum and Miles Bridges. How do you compete with Tum Tum's leadership on the court? Mm-hmm. Because it's incredible. And I think that that's what they're going to have to look to and, and look back on and realize, okay, like this is what he did for the team. Let me see what I can do. And I don't think you can replace a Tum Tum Nairn <laughs> as far as his leadership. Now, now – and we loved his leadership and everything and his charisma and his love for the university and everything. But, you know, when I say the team goes as far as seniors go, you know, Tum Tum just couldn't produce enough offensively. Uh, you know, yes, he was a great defensive player, but he just couldn't produce enough offensively throughout his career, really. Mm-hmm. So that kind of hampered Michigan State a little bit. And, you know, Cassius Winston came in and basically took most of the meaningful minutes from Tum Tum Nairn. So I think that. When when I and when I think of senior classes at, under Tom Izzo, you know, th- there's this stat that, and, and love stats by the way. You guys better get used to stats here on the Impact Izzo <laughs> podcast because we love these stats. We love stupid little cherry picked stats like this one. Tom Izzo is going into his 24th season as head coach of Michigan State men's basketball. There has been one senior class that has never made a Final Four under Tom Izzo, and that was 2014. Keith Appling, Adrian Payne, they were in that class. I think Dan Chapman was a walk-on who was also in that class. But Keith Appling, Adrian Payne were the two big names. They were the first and only class at Michigan State that stayed for four years and never got to a Final Four. This year is when this group of seniors has to make the Final Four. Kenny Goins was a... He was redshirting the year that um, they made the Final Four in 2015. But Matt McQuaid came in in that 2015-16 to season. That was his first year. This is his last chance. Wow. You don't want to be that next class that screws up this amazing stat. So, you listening, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Big stuff going on over here. I mean, it's... and, And that was the thing before that class had when before the 2014 season was the stat used to be every four-year senior class seniors that stay for four years every one of them has gone to a final four because they were always kind of spaced out three four years apart well this is the year keep that stat going so you know that that 2015 final four season you know that was the last one can they get back to that this year they're going to be ranked around that 10 range, I think, going into the preseason. Uh, the preseason, way too early rankings are all, they've been out since, you know, the national championship game. Wait, 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 yeah. Early. How many ways can we fit into this title in this headline on this, yeah. But those two guys, Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, we'll see kind of where they can take Michigan State basketball this year. But man, I'm excited to see where we can take this podcast, where we can take the show. 
guys, mean, who knows? I mean, there's no limits. It's limitless. This whole thing, we could do whatever we want. What What is uh, the uh, what was Michael Jordan's thing? Uh, oh, the ceiling. The is ceiling the is the roof. Oh, yes. Ceiling is the roof. There we ceiling go. is the roof. That's the motto. The ceiling is the roof for the Impactism podcast. Can you guys believe it? You made it through your first episode. This is amazing. <laughs> they're, they're, I have Amanda's looking like I'm in disbelief what? right now. <laughs> we're done. It's what over? is this? Oh my goodness! I made it. We started. <laughs> we were recording this whole time. Oh my gosh! I thought this was all off the record. Right, off the record. Yes. Off the record. No, we're we're here. We're <laughs> on the record. We're here on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes every week. We're going to put this out there. Impact89fm.org/sports. You can always find the Impact Is podcast. Tweet at us. Hashtag Impact Is Send us questions. We love fan interaction here on the show. Keep it on Impact Sports, at WDBM Sports on Twitter, Instagram, all that. We're going to be at Media Day next week. We'll have a show, I think, before Media Day. But Thursday, October 25th, is MSU Basketball Media Day for the men's side. Very excited to go there. Hear Tom Izzo speak. The players all going to be there. Get, Get to meet the freshmen. See what the freshmen are like. We have five new freshmen that we're going to see in Spartan uniforms this year, by the way. We're going to talk a little more about the freshmen and kind of what their expectations will be like next week as we head into a redemption tour. Let's be honest. This is kind of a redemption year for Michigan State basketball. Oh, 100%. It was was kind of an embarrassing end of the year last year. But, hey, I think we've already started redeeming the impact of the podcast. You guys are doing a good job. That's good. I'm proud. Appreciate We're it. doing Davey proud. Like a proud dad. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Davey. Shout out, Davey. Yeah, Davey. <laughs> Just <laughs> send the kisses up. All right. <laughs> Davey, we know you're listening. Thank you. Tuesday, October 30th, by the way, is the first exhibition game. So that is less than two weeks away. Can you guys believe that? Wow. Basketball is back. Wow. We're back. Wow. Back. Wow. Northern hoops. Michigan is the opponent. That's where Tom Izzo played, by the way. So fun little tidbit there. Uh, but yeah. That's been the Impact Is On Podcast. Unbelievable. Thank you guys for listening, everybody. This is the Impact Is On. Season six is underway. Episode one, done. Season six? Season oh, six. this is sweet. Have you ever heard of the, the TV show line where it's always six seasons and a movie? This is the big thing with Community that got canceled after six seasons. Six seasons and a movie. Oh. So after this. A movie. Oh. Uh, you guys are in charge of the movie because I'm out in December, so good luck with that. This has been the Impact Is Zone. I'm Ryan Cole, Amanda Poole, Julian Mitchell. It's a new season for us, new season for Michigan State basketball. Thank you for listening.